Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. God, let's go to the word, everybody. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 18. Surely the Lord is in this place. Oh God, surely the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord is in this place. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Join me at verse number 18. And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you, in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I want to use for a subject, and don't y'all go way back in the past, but I'm going to use this subject today. Reunited, and it feels so good. God bless you. You can be seated. Reunited, and it feels so good. It's amazing to me. It's, now that I have your attention, y'all come on back to the Word. It's amazing to me how easily relationships are formed. Some people met at school. Some people met at, in the line for a concert. Some people met in a restaurant. Some people met in the neighborhood. But it's amazing how people meet connect. And from that connection, relationships are formed. Sometimes two people just happen to be sitting on a bus talking, and suddenly a relationship is formed, a friendship, a romance, whatever you choose to engage in. But it's amazing. People have stories of how they met in church or a crowded room or at a party for a friend. Somehow a connection is made. It's equally, and, and people court, and they date, and they get married, or they become friends, and they connect with each other. And then it's equally amazing how easily some relationships are shattered. It's amazing what people, I, I say this to people anytime I counsel with them, that I've seen marriages survive some very um, heart-wrenching situations. And then I've seen people break up over nothing. No real reason. 
test of wills, just a anger, angry moment, an angry scene, an angry minute, and I've seen relationships shatter. And it's amazing to me what people break up over. When you start talking and getting to the root of the conflict, you discover that for a lot of people, a lot of couples, is really not as, as, as serious as they think it is. They just get caught into the moment, they just get angry. And, and what is equally or completely stunning is how difficult it is for some relationships to be reconciled. It's amazing how hard it is to get people who fall out with each other, and not just marriage, family members that fall out, and friends that fall out, how hard it is just to reconcile. You know, people sometimes would rather go their own separate ways and be alone than to forgive. People would rather um, isolate themselves, remove themselves, take themselves out of the equation completely rather than to try to work things out. And then when you try to work things out, people are sometimes unwilling to bend to the other person's perspective. Sometimes completely unwilling to do whatever it takes. Don't even want to talk. You know, we, we, we're quick to, you know, th th this Facebook has really hurt us because Facebook has created this notion of unfriending somebody. Come on, somebody. And, and we just don't unfriend them on social media. We unfriend them in life. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Forget my number. I'll change my number. Anything I can do to end something that could be possibly reconciled. And so you see people struggling and reconciliations are challenging and they're difficult because most of us are fixated on the pain. Somebody did something to me and they hurt me and that's all I can think about. I can only think about how it made me feel and I'm not negating feelings because feelings are real and a person's feelings are how they feel and, you can, and, and that's another reason why sometimes reconciliation is difficult because we don't learn or we don't know how to see things from another person's perspective. We only see it from ours. We only have our view and our point of view and nobody else matters. What you think doesn't matter. How you felt doesn't matter. And my mother gave me some advice years ago that I've carried with me throughout my life and even applied it in my marriage and that is it takes two to do anything. Come on here, somebody. Uh, while you're talking about how bad he is and how bad she is, if you would be honest, it takes two to do anything. Because either you allowed some things to happen or you did some things yourself. And part of you even being able to live is recognizing what could I have done differently so that my outcome may have been different. And, and in all honesty, sometimes there was nothing else you could do. Hallelujah. There are some people that are that, that, just that dysfunctional that no matter what you tried to do, it would not have made a difference. And so I need you to free yourself of the guilt of saying it didn't work and this is why it didn't work. Sometimes you did it all. And if you did it all, just go on and say, I did it all. And they just weren't worthy of the attention or the time or the love that I provided for them. But in the other spectrum, in a lot of cases, pride prevents people from reconciling. You know, it's, it's funny how somebody can do you wrong and then get mad at you. Okay, that, that'll hit y'all on the way home. Somebody can do you wrong and then get mad with you. They're the ones that cheated. They're the ones that were unfaithful. They're the ones that were stingy or selfish or in some way dysfunctional, but they blame you. And, 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 and they're sitting there saying, well, 
well, well, well I'm just, I just can't get over it. Well, you're the one that did it. Why can't you get over it? I got over it. Why can't you get over it? But there are people that will do you wrong, and then they'll stop talking to you. They lied on you, but they stopped talking to you. They, they, they upset. They created the problem. They, they were the ones that flipped, but then they say, you changed. Baby, I didn't change. I might have responded, but I did not change. But there are people that will create these dysfunctions, and pride is one of the major reasons why people don't reconcile. Because even if I made a mistake, I don't have the temerity or the guts or the maturity to look you in the face and say, I'm sorry. To look at you and say, I've done wrong. And so in my years of, of counseling and working with couples, I've discovered that whenever there's a reconciliation, usually there's one person that is more willing than the other to begin to make the effort to initiate the reconciliation. Usually. Now, sometimes both come and say, you know, we just want to work it out. But typically, it's one person that just simply says, I don't want to lose this person in my life. I don't want to lose my relationship. I don't want to lose my friendship. I don't want to lose what I've built over the years. And so I'm willing to come forward to say we need help. And then together, they begin to work things out. But there are some extreme cases. And I want to talk, that's where I want to focus on for a moment. When the person who has been wronged is willing to go to extraordinary lengths to mend what is broken. You're willing to do it. You were the one that was betrayed. You were the one that was hurt. You were the one that was denied. You were the one that is the offended one. But because you love this person so much, you're willing to go out of your way to say, let's put it back together. And they say, well, you're going to always hold it against me. No, I'm not holding anything against you. I just, want, I just love you, and I want to put it back together. That's why the Bible says love covers a multitude of faults. You know, there's some people in your life that know what your person did, and they don't understand why you're still with them. And your only answer is, I love them. Come on, somebody. That's, that's the only answer I can give. You, you don't understand it because you don't know what love is about. But love will provoke you to do some things that it defies almost Reality, because I love them, I can absorb this hurt. Because I love them, I can absorb this pain. Because I love them, I'm willing to forgive. Some parents know what I'm talking about. Your children have done some horrible things in their life, some horrible things to you, slammed the door, walked out, disrespected you. But the moment they knock on that door, you open that door. Oh, God, they say, Mama, why are you so good to me? Because I love you. Hallelujah. Daddy, why did you not just simply turn your back on me because I love you. And, that, and that's something that a lot of people don't understand because they don't have the capacity to love the same way. And when you are somebody that will go out of your way to mend a relationship, some people will um, inappropriately call you a pushover. They'll call you a weakling. They'll even call you a fool and say you're foolish to, 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 to open yourself up to this person again. You're foolish to engage with them. You're foolish to talk to them. Why are you still even entertaining this person? And in reality, these are people who have simply chosen to love. And I need to tell you this in, 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 in all sincerity, that love is not a simple emotion. Love is not just a feeling. Love is not just an impulse. 
Love is not just um, 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 starry skies and moonlit lakes. Love is more than that. Love is a choice. Oh, my God. And when you choose to love somebody, you make a decision that no matter where this love takes me, I'm not going to abandon them. No matter where this love has me find myself, no matter where I end up loving this person because I have chosen to love them, I'm going to love them. And, they, and you know what? When you love people like that, they can't do nothing about it. You ever love somebody and have them say, you know what, I don't need you to love me like that. I really, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I've done this. I've done that. And you just simply say, you know what, you can't do nothing about the fact that I love you. It doesn't matter. Praise our God. Yeah, there's been some hurt. And yeah, there's been some bad words. And yeah, there's been some pain. But at the end of the day, I'm still in love with you. And I'm still going to love you. And in reality, these people have chosen to love. And when you love somebody like that, you will do what you have to do to reunite or to reconnect the relationship. Hallelujah. Some of us understand this, and, and, and I need to be very clear about the fact that this kind of love is not sexual. This kind of love is not friendship-based. This kind of love is not just because we like to kick it. This kind of love only comes from God because only God is the producer of agape love. A love that you, oh God, can I, can I help somebody in here? The, the way God loves you, you can't kill God's love. And some of us have tried, oh God, I need an honest witness. Lord, don't love me because I don't even like myself. But God says you can't kill my love. You can't kill how I feel about you. And God is saying to somebody in here, you can't even tell me how to feel about you. How dare you tell God that he can't love you? God says, I set my love upon you. That means I put it there whether you want it or not, whether you receive it or not. God is saying it's there. And the moment you make up your mind to turn your heart to me, my love is there. And you can't do anything about it. Oh, God, that's why David said, Lord, where can I go from your presence? Because sometimes in our immaturity, sometimes in our rebellion, we have tried to run from God. Anybody want to be honest and say, I tried to run from God? Oh, God, I wish I had an honest witness in this house. Tried to run from God. And David said, Lord, where can I go from your presence? If I take the wings of the morning, and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea. Behold, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, I have put myself in some hellish situations. And when I could feel the pain of my decision, I looked around and there was God. Oh, oh God, I need to honest. Somebody said, well, you know, God don't follow you. God loved some of us so much, he followed us to hell just to deliver us because he loved us like that. I put myself in a bad position, but oh, but God said, I'm coming to see about you anyway because I love you and I've chosen to love you. Chosen to love you. Chosen to love you. Nothing you can do about the fact that when God chooses to love you. And as we look in the text, I'm almost done. My time is almost gone. Um, it's uncertain to me if we truly understand or appreciate what Jesus did for us. 
Oh, hallelujah. I'm hoping that the praise we had a few minutes ago was an appreciation for what the Lord has done for us. Anybody know God's been good to you? Oh, God. And, 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 and what makes the goodness of God so great is because I know me. Mm, I need an honest person that knows themselves. And because I know me, I know I'm not deserving of anything the Lord has done, but he did it anyhow. Just the fact that he woke all of us up this morning. Just the fact that we were in our right minds. Just the fact that he had mercy on us despite our multitude of mistakes is a reason for if you can't say nothing else, just lift your hands and say, God, I thank you. It didn't have to be like this, but you've been good to me. Thank you. I'm certain if everybody gets it. I'm certain because it seems so hard for us sometimes to connect with Jesus or to even love him or thank him, but he continues to be faithful. He continues to be resolute in his love for us. Glory to God. And, and, and so if you dig in the text, Sarah, Two words that really come to the forefront. And the first word is reconcile. Everybody say reconcile. And, and, and the word reconcile means to remove the removal of enmity. That means whatever was angering your partner, whatever was causing the division, when you reconcile, you'll get it out of the way. Come on, somebody. You move it out of the way because sometimes what keeps people from coming back together, what keeps people from being reunited is the knowledge of what took place, oh God, that caused the rift in the first place. Even if the rift is gone, there's always that memory. I've heard people say, every time I look at him, I think about what he did. Every time I look at her, I think about what she did. Well, how does, listen to me, ooh, this is deep, how does an omniscient God who knows everything remove the enmity, oh my God, that's between you and him. Because the enmity between you and him is not what he did, it's what you did. Somebody be honest with me. What is the rift between the two of us? And, and this omniscient God has decided no matter what you've done, I'm going to forget about it. And when God forgets, my friend, he forgets. He doesn't bring up the past. He doesn't go back to yesterday. He doesn't talk about what happened last week. When God God forgives, he forgives, and in his omnipotence, oh God, his omnipotence takes over his omniscience, and he makes himself forget. He makes himself put it in the past. You're the only one living in the past. God is not there. He's in the here and now, and beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. Mm. His omniscience says, I can't forget. His omnipotence says, I choose to forget. Oh, God. So when God looks at every one of us, he's not looking at sinners, at fornicators, at adulterers and thieves, not looking at freaks and harlots and Casanovas. You know what he sees? He sees blood. Oh, God, that's all he sees. When he looks at your life, all he sees 
is his blood. And because he has chosen to remove the enmity, I came to declare as a servant of the word of God that there is nothing standing between you and God. Oh God, the only thing standing between you and God is what you won't release. Because God has already released it. God has already removed the enmity. And the reconciliation is simply God removes the enmity. It's the work of God. We were born in sin. And since we were born, we have committed sin. Somebody be honest with me. Nevertheless, God goes out of his way to make things right between us. I did it, but God removed it. And you have to tell me to praise him? It's my sin. It's my mistake. It's my transgression. But yet Jesus went out of his way to remove the transgression. And somebody has to tell you on a Sunday morning to open your mouth and praise the Lord when you know he took it away. Oh God, anybody blood washed in here? Anybody blood washed in here? Come on and give God the glory. <clears throat> My time is almost up. But here's how he did it. The Bible says God was in Christ. Oh God, God was in Christ. Christ was not working alone. And of all you can see is the human that hung on the cross. Then you miss the essence of the story about your salvation. God was in Christ. That was not just the body hanging on the cross, but inside the body was the Prince of Glory. Inside the body was the Alpha and the Omega. Inside the body was the first and the last. Inside the body was Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Nisi and Jehovah Shalom. I need you to understand how much God loved you that he just didn't send Jesus. He came as Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I need y'all to get this because, because if I love you, I might send somebody to help you. But if I really love you, I'm coming myself to see about you. And God loved us so much that he just didn't send somebody. He came himself. He said, get me a body together that I can put myself in so I can come and die for humanity. Oh, God, God was in Christ. Oh, God, reconciling the world unto himself, saying to all of humanity that I love you and I came to save you. And it doesn't matter what you've done in your past because when you're serious about reconciliation, one of the first rules in counseling is you got to be able to give up the past. As long as you hold on to what happened yesterday, you can never reconcile. Because every time you look at them, 
You see what they did in the past. But when there's a, a decision made that no matter what happened, I'm going to put it away from me. And that's what Jesus did. And he just couldn't do it randomly because our sins were so great. He had to shed blood for our sins. And that's why I wonder about believers that no longer get excited about blood songs. Oh God, I wonder about believers that no longer get happy about blood songs. And of all the songs of the church, it's the blood songs that get me happy. All the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood. They lose all their guilty stains. Anybody know a blood song? Oh God. Anybody know a blood song? Oh hallelujah. The blood prevails. The blood prevails. Just like in olden days. No matter what the people say. But some of y'all are too deep for blood songs. Let me give you some word. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Let me give you some word. If the blood of goats and of bullocks could be used for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Jesus cleanse you from dead works? I'm so glad I've been washed in the blood. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. I came to tell the sinner, God's not mad at you. I came to tell the liar, God's not mad at you. I came to tell the fornicator, God's not mad with you. I came to tell the homosexual, God's not mad at you. He's got a way for your deliverance. He's got a way for your freedom. He's got a way for your liberty. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. All things passed away. All things become new. Where are the blood wash people in this church? Where are the blood wash people in this church? Where are the blood wash? Oh, Satan, Oh, God. And he's given us, he's given us the word of reconciliation. I need somebody in here to testify. Oh, God, look at somebody. Yell across the aisle if you got to. But tell them I've been redeemed by the blood. I've been redeemed by the blood. Ain't been saved all of my life. Haven't lived right all of my life. But he washed me. He cleansed me. He sanctified me. He purified me. He made me right. He justified me. Oh, And I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Anybody glad? I'm glad. I'm glad.
up. Come on, stand. My time is up. Reunited. And it feels so good. When I know that my sins have been washed, that feels good. When I know that my heart has been cleansed, that feels good. When I know that I'm free from the yoke of the bondage of the enemy, that feels good. And he's made us ambassadors for Christ. You know why more people are not saved? More people are not saved because the saints are too saved to testify. We want people to think we've always been like this. Come on, somebody. We want folk to think we were born speaking in tongues. Came out of your mother's room saying, he come on Shonda. Come on, somebody. So they'll think we're saved. But when you know where you came from, whoo, shataye. I don't want you to live in the past, but you need to keep a before picture in your pocket, in your phone, somewhere, that when you feel like getting all built up in pride, that you look back to where the Lord brought you from. Oh, Shataya, anybody know where the Lord brought you from? Anybody know where the Lord brought you from? And every time I look back, it forces a praise out of my mouth. Woo, God, every time I look back, look at the hole of the pit from whence you were dug. Look at the rock from whence you were hewn. And when I consider what Jesus has done in my life, it provokes my hands to go up. Woo, Anybody here been reconciled? Anybody here been reconciled? Anybody here been reunited? Huh? What a joy. Oh, the joy that came to me when I knew that I was free. When my Savior, when my Savior found me, put his arms all around me. Oh, the joy. Oh, the joy. Oh, the joy. Let me get real. I've sinned since I got saved. You don't want to tell it, but I'll tell about me. I've sinned since I've been saved. But because the Lord is so committed to me, he left the blood right there at the altar. Somebody missed it. Somebody missed it. Woo, Shataya. Because he loved me so much, he left the blood right here at the altar. And when I look at myself and realized I messed up, I ain't got to tell you. I ain't got to tell you. I can just slip into the altar, get on my knees, and say, wash me. Oh, Shataya. Wash me again. So I need somebody to be honest. And say, I messed up since I got saved. But he washed me again. And start giving God glory. Because he washed me again. Because he washed me again. I didn't deserve it the first time. And I didn't deserve it the second time. But he washed me again. Washed me again. And I've been made clean. By the precious blood of Jesus. that you were blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 
336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552 Burlington, N.C. 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552 Burlington, N.C. 27215. Or email us, info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.